The Desire of Ages, Chapter 23 The Kingdom of God is at Hand Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. In the temple at Jerusalem, the birth of the forerunner had been foretold to Zacharias as he ministered before the altar. On the hills of Bethlehem, the angels had proclaimed the birth of Jesus. To Jerusalem, the Magi had come in search of him. In the temple, Simeon and Anna had testified to his divinity. Jerusalem and all Judea had listened to the preaching of John the Baptist and the deputation from the Sanhedrin with the multitude had heard his testimony concerning Jesus. In Judea, Christ had received his first disciples. Here, much of his early ministry had been spent. The flashing forth of his divinity in the cleansing of the temple, his miracles of healing, and the lessons of divine truth that fell from his lips, all proclaimed that which after the healing at Bethsaida he had declared before the Sanhedrin, his sonship to the eternal. If the leaders in Israel had received Christ, he would have honored them as his messenger to carry the gospel to the world. To them first was given the opportunity to become heralds of the kingdom and grace of God. But Israel knew not the time of her visitation. The jealousy and distrust of the Jewish leaders had ripened into open hatred, and the hearts of the people were turned away from Jesus. The Sanhedrin had rejected Christ's message and was bent upon his death. Therefore, Jesus departed from Jerusalem, from the priests, the temple, the religious leaders, the people who had been instructed in the law, and turned to another class to proclaim his message and to gather out those who should carry the gospel to all nations. As the light and life of men was rejected by the ecclesiastical authorities in the days of Christ, so it has been rejected in every succeeding generation. Again and again, the history of Christ's withdrawal from Judea has been repeated. When the reformers preached the word of God, they had no thought of separating themselves from the established church, but the religious leaders would not tolerate the light, and those that bore it were forced to seek another class who were longing for the truth. In our day, few of the professed followers of the Reformers are actuated by their spirit. Few are listening for the voice of God and ready to accept truth in whatever guise it may be represented. Often those who follow in the steps of the Reformers are forced to turn away from the churches they love in order to declare the plain teaching of the Word of God. And many times those who are seeking for light are by the same teaching obliged to leave the church of their fathers, that they may render obedience. The people of Galilee were despised by the rabbis of Jerusalem as rude and unlearned, yet they presented a more favorable field for the Savior's work. They were more earnest and sincere, less under the control of bigotry. Their minds were more open for the reception of truth. 
In going to Galilee, Jesus was not seeking seclusion or isolation. The province was at this time the home of a crowded population with a much larger admixture of people of other nations than was found in Judea. As Jesus traveled through Galilee, teaching and healing, multitudes flocked to him from the cities and villages. Many came even from Judea and the adjoining provinces. Often he was obliged to hide himself from the people. The enthusiasm ran so high that it was necessary to take precautions lest the Roman authorities should be roused to fear and insurrection. Never before had there been such a period as this for the world. Heaven was brought down to men, hungering and thirsting souls that had waited long for the redemption of Israel now feasted upon the grace of a merciful Saviour. The burden of Christ's preaching was, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Thus the gospel message as given by the Saviour himself was based on the prophecies. The time which he declared to be fulfilled was the period made known by the angel Gabriel to Daniel. Seventy weeks, said the angel, are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. A day in prophecy stands for a year. The 70 weeks, or 490 days, represented 490 years. A starting point for this period is given. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks, 69 weeks or 483 years. The commandment to restore and build Jerusalem as completed by the decree of Artaxerxes went into effect in the autumn of BC 457. From this time, 483 years extend to the autumn of AD 27. According to the prophecy, this period was to reach to the Messiah, the Anointed One. In AD 27, Jesus at his baptism received the anointing of the Holy Spirit and soon afterward began his ministry. Then the message was proclaimed, The time is fulfilled. Then, said the angel, He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, seven years. For seven years after the Saviour entered on his ministry, the gospel was to be preached especially to the Jews, for three and a half years by Christ himself, and afterward by the apostles. In the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. In the spring of AD 31, Christ, the true sacrifice, was offered on Calvary. Then the veil of the temple was rent in twain, showing that the sacredness and significance of the sacrificial service had departed. The time had come for the earthly sacrifice and oblation to cease. The one week, seven years, ended in AD 34. Then, by the stoning of Stephen, the Jews finally sealed their rejection of the gospel. The disciples who were scattered abroad by persecution went everywhere preaching the word. 
and shortly after, Saul the persecutor was converted and became Paul the apostle to the Gentiles. The time of Christ's coming, his anointing by the Holy Spirit, his death and the giving of the gospel to the Gentiles were definitely pointed out. It was the privilege of the Jewish people to understand these prophecies and to recognize their fulfillment in the mission of Jesus. Christ urged upon his disciples the importance of prophetic study. Referring to the prophecy given to Daniel in regard to their time, he said, Whoso readeth, let him understand. After his resurrection, he explained to the disciples in all the prophets the things concerning himself. The Savior had spoken through all the prophets. The Spirit of Christ, which was in them, testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. It was Gabriel, the angel next in rank to the Son of God, who came with the divine message to Daniel. It was Gabriel, his angel, whom Christ sent to open the future to the beloved John. And a blessing is pronounced on those who read and hear the words of the prophecy and keep the things written therein. The Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants the prophets. While the secret things belong to the Lord our God, those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. God has given these things to us, and his blessing will attend the reverent, prayerful study of the prophetic scriptures. As the message of Christ's first advent announced the kingdom of his grace, so the message of his second advent announces the kingdom of his glory. And the second message, like the first, is based on the prophecies. The words of the angel to Daniel relating to the last days were to be understood in the time of the end. At that time, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. The wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. The Saviour himself has given signs of his coming, and he says, When ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. We have reached the period foretold in these scriptures. The time of the end is come. The visions of the prophets are unsealed, and their solemn warning point us to our Lord's coming in glory as near at hand. The Jews misinterpreted and misapplied the word of God, and they knew not the time of their visitation. The years of the ministry of Christ and his apostles, the precious last years of grace to the chosen people, they spent in plotting the destruction of the Lord's messengers. Earthly ambitions absorbed them, and the offer of the spiritual kingdom came to them in vain. So today, the kingdom of this world absorbs men's thoughts, and they take no note of the rapidly fulfilling prophecies and the tokens of the swift coming kingdom of God. But ye, brethren, 
are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. While we are not to know the hour of our Lord's return, we may know when it is near. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober.